Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia a few years after being convicted. They asked him, what do you listen to? He said, I listen to Mozart and the Eurythmics. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Now, look, I know you adore Dateline. You adore all those true crime stories, those two people on YouTube, all the crime in half the time. You love Snapped because... What are you doing? Well, look, death and, and killings and all of that. What? Once again... In seven days and 70 seconds, on March 19th, it came up that in 1919, this is, if you're not from New Orleans, you may not know this story, but if you're from here, this is one of the ghost stories that they tell to children. And what's funny about this one, I don't know if funny isn't the right word, but what's interesting about this one is it's absolutely true. On March 19th, 1919, people played jazz music throughout New Orleans. Why? Because a serial killer who had already killed six victims <gasps> and injured six other people, he was known as the Axe Man. He mm. killed them with an axe. No. This Axe Man wrote a letter to the Times-Picune. That's that's the local newspaper down here. Yeah. And he said, and I quote, do, 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 do. now to be exact... At 12.15 earthly time on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, then so much better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is, if some of you people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Okay, what time is it? What what time? <laughs> what time did he say we need to have the jazz going? 12.15 earthly time. It is said, and it was reported the next day in the is Times. Is that a.m. or p.m.? I, I'm assuming p.m., but the, well, I guess it would be a.m. because it's past midnight. Yeah. Because you don't feed the gremlins past midnight. And exactly what time is past midnight? Not past midnight. Anywho, uh, apparently jazz was playing 
constantly this at this time. This scares me to death. Isn't that amazing? This is awful. To which you say, okay, who is the axe man? We have no idea. We didn't find him? No, absolutely not. There are two leading theories. One was that it was a guy named Joseph Monfrey, M-O-N-F-R-E, who was shot to death in Los Angeles the next December. The thing about it is he was killed by the widow of Mike Pepitone, who was the axe man's known last victim. Mm. Is that true? I don't know. Because, by the way, no more killings after this jazz night. No more killings after this jazz night. A scholar named Richard Warner, who studied it, states the crime's top suspect is a guy named Frank Doc Mumphrey, who used the alias Leon Joseph Mumphrey, but it gives nothing. Goodness. I tend to believe the Colin Wilson thing, that the Axeman was killed by the widow of one of his last victims. But yeah, six dead and six injured. Were Go all, ahead. All the dead, were they in New Orleans? Yes, right there. Here, look, I'll click on it. Here is the front page paper oh my that God. shows you where all of them... And I'm, I'm using Wikipedia, folks, you know. Uh, Here's the front page of the of the at least the Sunday Times, but the same thing was on the pick. Uh, that's the Times Picayune. That all of the the killings were, and people played jazz in a movement to save themselves. This would be the scariest movie <laughs> I've ever seen. I don't know if a movie's ever been made of this or not. It would be a good film. You'd have to sort of make a decision who the person is. And by the way, I only read to you a piece of his letter. I mean, here, I'm just going to show it to Tammy. There's his whole letter right there. Okay. And it started with, they have never caught me and they never will, blah, 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 blah. The part I was interested in was the jazz music. To which got me thinking, since you love all this true crime and, and whatever other yes. things, uh, dead yes. people, dead people, dead people, uh, she watches the news now. What's the name of the guy? Dateline. D- no, no, the guy who supposedly killed his son and this trial's oh, going on South right Carolina. now. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah, you stop. I'm Wait, in it. I'll I'm be in, in it. She follows it like crazy. So my thinking was... Look, I don't know what the axe man liked other than jazz, so what we're going to do is play something from the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. But when we get back, there's a lot of serial killers who liked music and used the music to either rev themselves up to go out and kill again or used it to calm themselves down. You are lying. And I have the list right here. Oh! Which is why we begin with the NOLA Axeman. Here's a little jazz music. So everybody's safe for the next four minutes here on Rock School.
We're going to talk about serial killers and the music they used in order to undertake their crimes or the music they used to calm themselves down. I say that because some specifically stated they used it that way. Woo. In terms of their crimes, there are some that I had no idea about. I've never heard of their names, and there are many that I did, like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, in conversations with a killer, stated he didn't care for music. He liked talk radio. Okay, political people, use it the best you could. He said, I would lie in bed for hours listening to broadcasts exclusively, meet the press, whatever. The favorite thing on Sunday night was to hunt the radio bands for talk shows and call-in programs. They're still my favorite. I listen to them now. Richard Ramirez, remember him? Oh, yeah. Right, big fan of ACDC, and as a matter of fact, it was one of the things that tripped him up. The police found his trusty ACDC ball cap behind at a crime scene. Did he he buy the hat, or did he find the hat at... Uh, at a victim's house. Do you remember? I do not know. His fandom, those that loved him, seriously, Uh apparently extended this to other metal acts since he, Richard Ramirez, also scrawled the lyrics to the Judas Priest track The Ripper at the scene of one of his crimes. The scariest uh, killer that I've ever read about in my life. Richard Ramirez? Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, Is it because he, he just pushed the sliding glass door open and came in Uh, i don't know it was probably Mm. the right age and all that kind of stuff but it was till i mean still to this day he is so scary to me yeah i there's that famous picture of him either being brought in or taken out of court Mm -hmm. and he sort of it's not a hitler salute but it's it's pushed forward and he's got a pentagram yeah on his his palm of his hand dude he he ain't right and somebody married him Well, yeah, because, you know, all the money. Oh. David Berkowitz, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the son of Sam. Right. He was a fan of Hall & Oates. In fact, he said he found motivation for his crimes by listening to the song Rich Girl. Mm-mm. That's that's what he said. Apparently, the talking dog told him to enjoy Hall & Oates. So... Here's Hall and Oates on Rock School. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You're a rich girl, a rich girl You're a rich, rich girl Coming out of that song, we talked about this while the song was playing. I can see, because they say you're a rich girl, you've gone too far, and then they say you're a B-word girl, I can see a sick mind like Berkowitz turning that into something where, okay, now a woman must be punished. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. It's wrong and it's cruel and it's awful, but I can see the brain going that way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you another one where you can almost see the brain working that way. And then I'm going to give you one and play the song. I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. October 17, 2002. This is one I, I, I can see. Ronald Puttich killed his mom and stabbed an 11-year-old boy to death. 
when he pled guilty and received a 50-year sentence, he said that the Metallica song, Ronnie, after the album Load, wormed his way into his head and he claims made him commit murder. Knock it off. You mean he only got 50 years? That's it. (gasps) It's probably a death sentence. If the guy was in his 20s, 50 years puts him in his 70s. No, we're living until 90 these days, dude. I'm telling you, no. Mm -mm. This is the one that made me go, "Eh?" Uh John Wayne Gacy, Mm. the killer clown who killed his victims, at least 33, probably more, and buried their bodies in the crawl space. Yes. Right? Yep, yep, yep. In jail, he never shut up. He would do an interview with whomever... And he said that he enjoyed Bob Dylan, he liked Elton John, he liked Neil Diamond, Roy Orbison. Okay, look, we're in the 1970s, I uh-huh. get it. However, the music he listened to in order to perform his crimes, REO Speedwagon. Do um, you see any connection there? REO Speed Spudwagon, as we used to say, yeah. never in, would influence me to do anything. I know. Clean my room, not clean my room. <laughs> no, when I read that, it was one of those where I got to find a second uh. a second version of this. So, yeah, for John Wayne Gacy, here's the speed wagon on Rock School. Coming into the first break, we're talking about serial killers and the music they used to calm themselves down or build themselves up. And again, I made a point of only taking from the killers themselves rather than from someone else. Okay. Have you ever heard of David Parker Ray, New Mexico killer? He's known as the Toy Box Killer. Have you heard this? Unfortunately... I have. I'm almost positive I sat there and watched the same thing with you. Uh, You know what? What's that? The thing I love about you. What's that? Is I'll put up with your stuff? Yeah. You'll you'll sit there and watch all this crap. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I, I secretly enjoy it. He called himself the Toy Box Killer or was called the Toy Box Killer because he had sort of a semi-truck stuck way out in the desert Mm -hmm. and he insulated it on the inside, said it was soundproofing so no one could hear it. Yeah. And he would take his victims out there and would do what he does inside of of that. What a piece of crap. This right. guy was. What he did, though, was while he was doing it, he threw raging, violent music at the women. So even if they were screaming, mm-hmm. no one could hear them. And from the book Desert Killer, the shocking true story of a statistic torturer by John Glatt, it was said that he would do as much heavy metal music as he could, as loud as he possibly could. That's that's straight from. And I'll give you another one here. Do you remember somebody named Vicki Dawn Jackson? She was called the Angel of Death. She spent years murdering victims in Nakona General Hospital, where she worked as a nurse. Yes. Okay. Jackson's method was to inject her victims with a, I'm going to try and say it, Mivacurium Chloride. A drug that paralyzes the respiratory system. Just let the chemicals do the work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's the thing. What song was her favorite? Do you remember the song by Brooks and Dunn, Boot, Scoot, and Boogie? 
She would go out to honky tonks and would dance, line dancing, and her favorite song was Boot Scoot and Boogie. No, no, no. And one of the reasons she was caught was because somebody was being a jerk during Boot Scoot and Boogie. And this woman attempted in the honky tonk Mm -mm. to stab her with a needle and fill her with whatever that drug was. was. uh, Nurse Jackie, was that that based on her at all? I have have no idea. Somebody needs to do a movie about this chick. Yeah, I got to tell you, these are these are these are those stories that if it wasn't true, no one would buy it. Right. So of all the songs you'd think a serial killer would like, Boot Scoot and Boogie. And can you imagine being Brooks and Dunn, who wrote this dippy little song that was just meant, you know, sell more beer, get more people happy. But they're just saying, girl, please. you got to be kidding me. Who's listening to us on the show? Well, that would be (laughs) W-W-B-Z. Pay attention. Hi, Kentucky. There you go. Here on Rock School. Hey, Rock School listener. Believe it or not, I put out an album. Well, it's the fourth album, but the fact still remains I put out an album, and I'd like you to listen to it. Go to your favorite streaming service. I'm on all of them. And search Joe Burns Tools of the Trade. Once again, Joe Burns Tools of the Trade. It's 18 songs. It was produced in this studio right here. I play all the instruments. I sing all the parts. And I'd like you to listen. Once again, your favorite streaming service. Search Joe Burns, Tools of the Trade. Thanks. Coming out of the break, do you remember, from Florida, Mm -hmm. Eileen Warnos? Of course. Right. Now, we just talked about the woman who was sticking people with a needle, Mm. Vicky Don Jackson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you talk about serial killers, it's almost always a white male. As a matter of fact, there was a serial killer for the longest time when we just moved down here uh, in Baton Rouge. And it was an African-American man. Lee, I think, was the name. And he was not caught for so long because the idea of a serial killer not being a white male was so weird to the police stations at the time. Right. So they had this peeping Tom guy that people were telling the cops about it. This guy's looking in my window. What are you doing? Yeah, and the psychic told him also. Yeah, there was a psychic that got it right. Yes, right on the money. They've made, like, stories about the psychic but uh, Derek Toddley that's his name oh man and they caught him but when they caught him it's like people were like well wait a minute he he's not white and mm. that sort of he wasn't even on their radar for the for the killings yeah but but he was killing uh black women yes. and white women it didn't matter it, didn't it was matter. believed that as a serial killer it's always male too so when you get a female serial killer it's, again, ridiculously odd. His pattern uh, just threw everybody off. Yeah, well, I don't have any music from him. However, I do have from Eileen Warnos. It said, after she was caught, and by the way, she murdered seven men. She was a prostitute and simply hated the Johns. 
so after a while, began killing them. And she she became a lesbian. Uh, yeah, she. I think she was to begin with. Yes. And that's the prostitution is how she made uh, right. the money that was required. Right. So Warnos, when she was in jail, kept herself calm. And before she was, you know, to be killed, mm-hmm. kept herself calm because her favorite was Natalie Merchant's Tiger Lily. As a matter of fact, she even requested that the track Carnival be played at her funeral. Wow. How would you like to be Natalie Merchant and hear that? I think it's a great song. Uh, I think it's a great pick. uh, You know. And on top of that, wasn't Merchant's first first group 10,000 Maniacs? Yeah, it was. Yeah. For Natalie Merchant and slightly for Eileen Warehouse. Here you go. Rock School. Coming into the bottom of the hour, my name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. Did you out there watch the Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries? Yes. Man, it was good. Now, we saw that he would listen to heavy, heavy, heavy music. Mm -hmm. According to Dahmer himself, he was a heavy, heavy drinker, and he would get hammered and jam out to... Black Sabbath. The thing about it is, I'm sure Sabbath was asked, can we play your music in this Dahmer thing? I say I'm sure, I'm guessing. If I was anybody, I'd have said, no, absolutely not. You're going to play some production, heavy metal-esque music. You are not sticking our name next to this guy. David Rodriguez of Springfield, Massachusetts, remembers, quote, he'd shut out from the rest of the world, drink until he passed out, and then wake up and start again. He didn't even take time out for food, which is probably why in that miniseries they showed him as thin as he actually was. Manic. I got another one for you, but first, let's do seven days in 70 seconds, March 13th, all the way through March 19th. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. March 13, 1999, music lovers are introduced to auto-tune as an effect when Cher releases Bleed. March 14th, 1964, Billboard magazine reports that six of every records bought in the world are by the Beatles. No way. Yeah, about that. March 15, 1982, the Songwriters Hall of Fame inducts Bob Dylan. March 16, 1968, Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding becomes the first posthumous number one song. March 17, 1958, Tequila by the Champs hits number one. March 18, 1965, the Supremes perform Stop in the Name of Love live for the first time on the BBC Motown special. And... What came for the show? Oh! March 19th, 1919. Jazz music is played throughout New Orleans after a serial killer threatens to murder anyone not listening to it. I'm still shaking. Lawrence Bittaker. Mm-mm. 
Ring a bell? No. No? He's one of the toolbox killers. It's called the toolbox killer because of the instruments they used to torture and kill their uh, victims. And you say, wait a minute, Joe, who's they? Well, Lawrence Bittaker worked with a person called Roy Norris. They murdered five teenage girls and other things in Southern California in 1979. While in prison, Bittaker gives an interview that he only owns one cassette tape, Mm-mm. and it is the music he loves. The Bee Gees. Oh, no. I mean, really? No, don't do it. That's almost as weird as REO Speedway. Not the Bee Gees. No, on Rock School. Into the second break, ladies and gentlemen. Do you remember somebody by the name of Luke Magnata? Yes, I do. Do you? 2012 filmed himself murdering and dismembering and eating a Chinese exchange Uh student uh and posting the video online. You've seen it. I don't. Yes. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. Nina Mm -mm. Arsenault, Mm -hmm. who was his former lover, said that he was obsessed and would do anything to be famous like his idol, who was Madonna. Gosh, really? Really, though? Ah. Okay. There's a fellow by the name of Acid King Ricky Casso. And it's really hard to understand why he did this. Some people believed he was a Satanist and Mm -hmm. was doing it as part of rituals, while others just thought he was a junkie. And he did this stuff while high on whatever. Whatever, yes. He murdered his 17-year-old friend Gary Lauders while high on LSD. He saved everybody a whole lot of of time by Mm -hmm. hanging himself in his cell after being taken in. Yep. However, for the time that he was in, he refused to take off or wear anything other than his ACDC shirt. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me with this? I know. There's a fellow by the name of Richard Sam McCroskey. In uh, 2009, he was inspired by hardcore rap. He said it was just life imitating art. A few days after attending the Strictly for the Wicked Festival outside of Detroit, McCroskey, who rapped himself under the name Psycho Sam, killed his girlfriend, her parents, and her friend with a hammer and maul. Maul is a, a, a sort of a heavy thing at the end of a chain. Damn, you know, that you Sam. swing and My all of God. that. Yeah. I got a few more to tell you about, uh, but who's listening to us? W, oh, wait, K-W-I-T, K-O-J-I. Sioux City, Iowa. Yeah, you're like me. I all messed of, up, dude. All of my radio stations were in the East, so they all started with W. W-W-W. So a, sta- a station that starts with K makes me go, I got to think about it. It ain't this. right. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Hey, Rock School listener, what did you do over your Christmas holiday? Well, I put out an album. I'd like you to listen to it as well. Do me a favor. Go to your favorite streaming service and type Joe Burns tools of the trade once again joe burns tools of the trade it's on every streaming service it's 18 songs and it's all me and it was produced in this studio give a listen to it tell me what you think once again search joe 
Burns, Tools of the Trade. Thanks for listening. Coming out of the break, do you remember, I know for a fact, we watched a documentary on this. Yeah, we did. Of course, chosen by you. Uh-huh. Peter Sutcliffe, known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Yes. Yep. Killed 13 women and attempted to murder seven others uh-huh. between 75 and 1980. Diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia a few years after being convicted. They asked him, what do you listen to? He said, I listen to Mozart and the Eurythmics. No. I do not see contact in that. No. I don't see it. So Mm-mm. here's uh, Lennox on Rock School. Well, I was born an original sinner. I was born from original sin. And if I had a dollar bill for all the things I've done. Last breaks as we talk about serial killers and the music they use to either get ready for their killings or bring themselves down from them. The Genesee River Killer. Guy's name was Arthur Shawncroft. He was accused of harming, I don't want to use certain words, but harming a couple of kids in 1972 and was somehow allowed to plead to a lesser charge and was subsequently left out of prison in 1987. And then he killed 11 people. My gosh. Finally got caught up to in 1990. He was a huge fan and would listen to the music of punk rocker Gigi Allen. Mm -mm. By the way, Gigi Allen's real name was Jesus. Mm -mm. It's just that when he was a young boy, he couldn't say it quite right. So it came out Gigi, and that's what people called him. Our daughter's middle name is Grace, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't say it when she was younger. It came out Grabus. Right. So to this day, I call her Grabus. Right. Because I think it was so cute. If you don't know who Gigi Allen is, he was known for attacking the audience, cutting himself on the top of the head. He, he kept opening oh. the same cut oh, so he could bleed over himself. He would sometimes send around a cup in the audience and allow everybody in the audience to spit in it. Mm. And then he would drink it. No. He went on a suicide tour. An underground suicide tour. The idea was that he would play all these dates, and on the last date, Uh he would kill himself on Uh stage. The concern was he never got to the last gig because he died of a heroin overdose. And you say, what does this guy sound like? Here's about 20 seconds of Gigi Allen. Never understand the things I say or do. So what's new? You never like me, so I say you. You know, you know that you don't like me, and I don't like you. You never listen to my point of view. I'm telling you. 
There you go. Play that for the kids. Mm-mm. All right. And the one we're going to end up on, Dennis Nilsson. I'm almost positive we have watched something on this guy as well. The Muswell Hill murderer. He killed 12 men between the 70s and the early 80s in hey, London. Wait a second. What's that? What was wrong with the 70s? I don't know. Why are, were there so many serial killers? Serious. Are there, I'm are there this many serial killers right now? We just don't know about them. No. They're getting better. No. You really think it was the 70s? I think the 70s were messed yeah. up, man. I, I guess so. What he would do is lure his victim into his home, strangle them, bathe them, dress them in a suit, and then do ridiculously awful things to oh them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, prior to strangling his victims, he said he would pump himself up by listening to multiple groups. Mm-hmm. But he said the song that he always listened to when the murder was occurring was the Edgar Winter Group. Frankenstein. No. I know. There isn't there isn't anything scary about that song at I, all. I don't know. You're not dealing with a brain that is operating no joke. correctly. No joke. So the, this, there's a South Park episode where somebody writes a filthy book, but the whole world just reads all of these political things into it. We, we have that same idea in academia. Mm-hmm. The idea that somebody does something... And they never meant all of these theoretical elements. It's just that once the academic community got a hold of it, we laid all this over top of hey, it. Hey, you feel you put your own story into everything. You sure do, right? All the time. So what what I hear in Frankenstein is a really wicked, cool organ riff. This guy heard something else. So that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. You are the very disturbed. <laughs> Tammy Burns. Yeah, now I'm going to have trouble going to sleep tonight. I can't sleep now, man. Well, you can't. I'm the guy. I'm in the same bed with you. Shut up. The end. Class is dismissed.